السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته طيب Last week we were looking at the first verses to be revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Medina that had asbab al-nuzul, a cause of revelation. And we looked at the lessons we could take from these verses, from Surah Al-Baqarah. And that was verse number 79. And that which followed it, that gave us a description of those the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came across from Ahlul Kitab, from the people of the book in Medina. And the traits and the characteristics that had in them that these traits and characteristics they're still prevalent or present in some sections or some groups or sect of the ummah because the prophet sallallahu said that you're going to follow the sunan the ways of those who came before you that if one of them was to enter the hole of a lizard you also enter the hole of a lizard so we said the ahlul kitab there are certain traits and characteristics now from these traits and characteristics, we said the purpose of the seerah of the Prophet is to take lessons and heed from it in how we deal with the Ahlul Kitab and those people from the Ummah that have these traits and they have these characteristics. So the first lesson we took from this ayat, which is saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَوَيْلٌ لِلَّذِينَ يَكْتُبُونَ الْكِتَابَ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ Woe unto those, or fire unto those who write the book with their own hands. They fabricate statements and say from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they say from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the first trait of these people, how do we deal with this? We said the first lesson, that a believer should not have much hope or desire that people that have these traits, they'll believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People of kitab wa tahrif, people of distortion. Because the ayah that preceded this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do you have any hope or any wish or desire that they will believe in you? And after hearing the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what do they do? They distort the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which is why we mention that bid'ah, people that purposely, out of innovation, distort the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that innovation in the religion is more beloved to shaitan than what? than sinning because the one that sins may repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as for the one that does bid'ah innovation and justifies himself doing it he doesn't see a need to what? to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the one that sins or the one that's in kufr and he doesn't justify his kufr there's hope for him to accept the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he said number one, that no hope because the people are kitab and tahrif and distortion. So last week we looked at distortion, at tahrif. And we said distorting the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is done in two ways. There's two types of tahrif, two types of distortion. What is the first type and what's the second time, Ya Abdullah? The first type and the second type of tahrif. Barakallah And he said in Arabic as well, Tahrifu To distort the word in itself. And distortation of wording happens in four ways. Either increasing the wording, or nuqsan, or taking away from the wording, or tahrik al-haraka al-i'rabiyya, or changing it grammatically. 
changing it grammatically by changing the fatha to dhamma, dhamma to fatha, and so on and so forth. An example, وَكَلَّمُ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Allah spoke to Musa. Allahu. But Ahlu Bid'a, they change it to what in the recitation? Musa spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa. And how do you refute this? With the sale of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Musa he came to meet his Lord. His Lord spoke to him. This refutation. How they change it by doing what? What's the other type of tahrif? By not changing the grammatical one. Jayid, this is in love. The second is ma'na, changing the meaning completely. Like the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ar-Rahman ala al-Arshi istawa. They'll recite it the same way. But they'll say the meaning of istawa is what? Allah ta'ala took over or has authority over the throne. Not Allah ta'ala rose above his throne. And we said, or we asked last week, which one is worse? The one that distorts the wording or the one that distorts the meaning? Which one is worse? Huh? The one that, you sure? The wording. If you say the one that distorts the wording is wrong, is worse, you're wrong. If you say the one that distorts the meaning is worse, you're wrong. Barakallahu feek. One is worse than the other from two different angles. The one that distorts the word in is worse. Why? From one perspective. Because by distorting the meaning, you distort the what? Distorting the word in, I'm sorry. By distorting the word, you distort the what? The meaning anyway. And the one that distorts the meaning is worse from, that, is worse from another angle. What is that? Because that is more dangerous and more difficult to pick out. Because if you say, وَكَلَّمْ Allah, People immediately know, and they'll correct you. But when you distort the meaning, it's more difficult for people to become aware. So we looked at the tahrif, the distortion, in its different types. And when looking at distortion, and we looked at writing or fabricating against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we looked at the different reasons people do this. As Allah ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, لِيَشْتَرُوا بِهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا For price of dunya. Another reason is what? Ignorance. Because for us to understand this ayah, we say we have to look at the ayah before it. And what was the ayah before this ayah? وَمِنْهُمْ أُمِّيُونَ From amongst them are people that are illiterate. So ignorance, it leads to what? Distortation. The ayah that comes after this ayah, فَوَيْنُ لِلَّذِينَ يَكْتُبُونَ الْكِتَابَ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ ثُمَّ يَقُولُونَ هَذَا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ لِيَشْتَرُوا بِهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا What's the ayah that comes after it? After فَوَيْنُ لَهُمْ مِمَّا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ this is another cause of distortion. That they believe the people of the book as they believe today. That the hellfire will never ever touch us except for a few days. They're not going to be in the hellfire forever. And why is this? Because as they used to say, نَحْنُ أَبْنَاءُ اللَّهِ وَأَحِبَّاهِ we're the children of Allah. He will not punish us. And we're the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, from people of bid'ah, from this ummah, they continue upon their bid'ah because they believe they're chosen and they'll not be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we said another reason is what? Nifaq, hypocrisy, to infiltrate the deen from the inside. 
Another reason is what? People that are actually good in nature. They want people to do good. So they invent hadith upon the Prophet So we looked at tahrif wal kitaba, distortion and fabrication upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the trace of the munafiqeen, ahlu bid'a, the trace of the people of the book and whoever follows them from this ummah. This week, inshallah ta'ala, as we mentioned last week, we're going to be looking at tahweel al-qibla, an event that took place in Medina, the changing of the qibla from Baytul Maqdis to the Kaaba. Now, before the ayat of Tahwil al Qibla, there were verses that preceded this, that have sabab al Nuzul, a cause of revelation, that was a precursor to prepare the Sahaba عنهم, for the reactions of Ahlul Kitab and the reactions of Al Munafiqun when it comes to the changing of the Qibla. From those verses is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 109. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَعْفُوا وَصْفَحُوا حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Sabab nuzul of this ayah is that the mushrikeen and ahlul kitab, the polytheists and the people of the book, they used to make painful and harmful statements to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Amongst them was Abu al-Hijab. Abu al-Hijab is Abdullah ibn Ubay, who was the leader of the Munafiqeen. They used to make harmful statements directed to the Prophet So once he said something about the Prophet So a Sahabi, Ubadah ibn Samir, he said, Ya Rasulullah, fa'fu an, forgive him, pardon him. So the Prophet what did he do? He pardoned him, and he used to forgive them. The Ahlul Kitab and the Mushrikeen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in conformity to what the Sahabi mentioned, he ordered the Prophet sallallahu to do what? Fa'fu an, fa'fu was fa'hu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered them to forgive and to forget. Hatta ya'ti Allah bi amri. Until Allah brings his affair. Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings his affair. Now the harms of Ahlul Kitab was not just like the harms of the Mushrikeen. The harms of the Mushrikeen in Medina, they could not harm them physically, but they would make harmful statements. And for the Ahlul Kitab, their harms were more dangerous and more potent. And what was the harm of Ahlul Kitab? The harms of the Ahlul Kitab was to put doubts in the hearts of the believers. Because before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Fa'fu, forgive and pardon, what preceded that? min ahlil kitab. That the majority of Ahlul Kitab. min ahlul kitab. La lo. يَرُدُّونَكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ إِيمَانِكُمْ كُفَّارًا حَسَدًا مِنْ عِنْدِ أَنفُسِهِمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّ لَهُمْ الْحَقِّ That majority, وَدَّ كَثِيرٌ The majority of the people of the book, they will love for you to be kuffar after your iman. حَسَدًا مِنْ عِنْدِ أَنفُسِهِمْ Out of jealousy in their hearts. After the truth has been made clear to them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَعْفُوا Pardon them. Jayid? But this was a precursor to what is going to come from the changing of the Qibla. After Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to forgive and pardon them. Hatta yati Allahu bi amri. Until Allah brings the fear. What follows that? Wa aqimu. Barakallah. Wa aqimu salah. That do what? Establish the salah. No matter what they do, to put doubts in you, establish the salah. And this was a precursor for what? The Qibla. Because you could not establish the Salah, because from the Shuruta Salah is what? Ittijahu Qibla. 
to face the Qibla. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew that these people from the Tashkik putting doubts in their religion, one of the ways they'll bring the doubts is when the, what happens? The changing of the Qibla from Baytul Maqdis to the Kaaba. So no matter what they do, فَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَةِ Establish the Salah. So this ayah was a precursor for what? To prepare the believers for the changing of what? The Qibla. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to explain to the believers why they do what they do. Hasadan min indi anfusihim. Jealousy which is in their hearts. So this was a precursor before the change of the Qibla. Another ayah that came down before that is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلِلَّهِ الْمَشْرِقُ وَالْمَغْرِبُ فَأَيْنَمَا تُوَلُّوا فَثَمَّ وَجْهُ اللَّهِ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs the east and to Allah ta'ala belongs the west. So whatever, now, this verse, this is verse 115. Wherever you turn, you see the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you face Allah azza wa jal. Wherever you turn. So Allah belongs the east and the west. Preparing them for what? The change of the qibla. Another ayah that came down, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Verse 125, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And take the maqam of Ibrahim as a place of what? A place of prayer. And how is this connected to the issue of tahwil al-qibla, the change of the qibla? How is this connected? How is this connected? Naam. Because the Qibla is the Kaaba. The person that raised the foundation of the Qibla is who? Ibrahim alayhi salam. And who built the, the Kaaba? Ibrahim alayhi salam. Who built the Kaaba? Ibrahim alayhi salam. Who built the Kaaba, ya Abu Abdullah? Naam, Adam. Adam. Because the ayah is, what is Yarfa'u Ibrahim? When he raised the foundation of the house. So the person that built the Qibla or the Kaaba was Adam alayhi salam. So the original Qibla or the Anbiya is what? Al Kaaba. Ibrahim only came to raise what? The foundation of the Kaaba. And this is the connection. Ibrahim. When you know that the Kaaba, because it came to be on the deen of who? The Yahud? Ibrahim alayhi salam. This ayah. Shaykh Muqbir rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned his book. The sabab al-nuzul hadhi al-ayah. When this ayah was revealed, Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, وَفَقْتُ رَبِّي فِي ثَلَاثٍ My opinions or my thought or belief, it coincided with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered with in three situations. One of those situations was this, that Umar radiallahu anhu had gone to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prior to this. And he asked him, what if we took the place of Ibrahim as a place of prayer? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the ayah, take the praise of Ibrahim as a place of what? Prayer. Number two, the ayah of hijab. When Umar radiallahu anhu, he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there are people that speak to your wives from those who are pious and those who are not pious. It would be better for them to cover themselves away from these people. Then the ayah of hijab, it came down. When the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, out of their jealousy for him, they were making issues with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Umar radiallahu an. He told the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "Asa rabbuhu in talaqakunna." If maybe if he divorce you, Allah subhanahu wa taala will place for him wives which are better than you. And then Allah subhanahu wa taala revealed this same saying, Subhanallah, which shows us 
as we're going to do next, we're going to go back to the seerah. Now we've been doing the seerah. You cannot do the seerah. And this is a very, very important point here. You cannot understand the biography of the Prophet without understanding and knowing who the companions of the Prophet Impossible. Part of the seerah is going to see, is going to be learned about what? The Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. It's impossible to learn the seerah without learning about who? The Sahaba. You cannot understand the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except through the understanding of who? The Sahaba. Because they were the ones that were there when the revelation was being what? Revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they know asbab al-nuzul, the causes of revelation. In one context with those ayat revealed in. It's very important. And today, the khutbah to Jumu'ah of the Imam was about that. That many a times you say to people, Allah Ta'ala is ordered with this, Allah is ordered with that. And they'll say to you, Aina hadha fi kitabillah? Where is this in the book of Allah? Many a times. If they read the Quran as they should read the Quran, with the understanding of the Quran, they'll find it in the book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Because Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said, He revealed to you Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ For you to explain to people and clarify مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِمْ What has been what? What has been revealed to them. And how do we know what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has explained to us? Through the who? Through the Sahaba Rajallahu Ta'ala Anhum. And that's why you find in many tafsir of the Qur'an, that Ibn Abbas Rajallahu Anhuma, he explains the Qur'an because he was there when it's been revealed. And those who came after in such a mujahid, they went through every single ayah of Abdullah ibn Abbas to understand the context in these, where these verses were revealed. Jayid, you could not understand the Quran and the Sunnah except to what? The Sahaba radiallahu anhum. So if someone says to you, for example, hijab, where is the niqab in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Where is the covering of the head in the book of Allah azza wa jal? Simple. They say, what, what do we say to them? And this is the point the Imam was making. Whatever the Prophet وسلم, has ordered you with, فخذو. so if they say to you, it's not in the Quran, it's in the Sunnah, say it's in the Quran. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, whatever the messenger orders you with, you have to do it. That's the ayah, and that's what he made the khutbah about. That when people are saying it's not in the Quran, it is in the Quran, explicitly or inexplicitly. That whatever the messengers ordered you with, take it. And sometimes also in the Quran, if not in the Sunnah, according to the explanation of who? The companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is why last week we said the purpose of seerah is for us to implement. That people that distort, they affect the deen. So now, if you don't take from the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that means you don't take from what? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If you don't take from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Consequentially, you don't take from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why if you look at the Christians, when you ask them, who's the best people after Isa, after Jesus? They say, who? The disciples of Isa. The, the Jews, who's the best people? They say the companions of Musa. And when you ask the Shia, who's the worst of people after Muhammad? They say the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because this is infiltration of the deen. Once you doubt the Sahaba, you've doubted the deen. You lose a great part of the deen. Jayid. So this ayah, was the third before the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning the change of the Qibla. As for the issue of Taghir Qibla, it began with the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Sayaqulu as-Sufaha. That Sayaqulu as-Sufaha, the foolish ones, min al-Nas, 
they will see they will soon say ma wallahum an qiblatihim allati kanu alayha what made them change the qibla that they were upon kullillahi almashriq wal maghrib yahdi man yasha ila siratil mustaqim to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs the east and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs the west. He guides whoever wills to the straight path. Jayid? Ibn Uthaymi rahimahullah ta'ala concerned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sayaqulu that they will soon say he said hadha lit-tanfees at-tanfees bima'ana li-mustaqbal this scene this harf this letter here is for anything which is going to happen in the future. Jayid litanfis. And they say tanfis meaning tanfis literally means a breather or relief. Because the, con the, the present time has more constraint than the what? The future. So the present is this right now, what's happening now. And the future is wider in terms of what? The time span. So the saying of Allah, Sayaqulu, Sa is for the future. For example, Adhabu, I'm going to go. So when you say Sa'adhabu, it means I am I'm going, Adhabu. But if you say Sa'adhabu, I'm going to go. Akulu, I'm eating. Sa'akulu, I'm going to go. So the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seen, Sa'yaqulu is for what? The future. That Sayaqulu Sufaha. That the foolish ones. And the Sufaha is a plural of Safi. Safi is somebody who's what? Foolish. And the definition of Rajulun Safihun, a person who is foolish, man janaba rushda fi tasarrufatihi al qawliya wal fi'liya. The foolish person is the one that in his behavior and his statement avoids the path of guidance. So he, be he behaves in a way or make statements in a way that is not rightly guided. Not rightly guided. So for example, you have customs and traditions and normal, accepted norms in society. A person who behaves in a way that goes against those norms in his actions and his statement generally is referred to as being what? Foolish. Sahih? Uneducated and foolish. But a safihu, the foolish one, is not, the only, is not only the one that goes against normal norms in terms of behavior and statements. Safihun, the foolish one, entering into it also is the one that is tasarrufat, his behavior and his statements in terms of aqidah are incorrect. Do you understand? In terms of his creed and his belief. So therefore, if you have a Muslim man or woman that is not very educated, that is illiterate, and you have another non-Muslim, or even a Muslim with false aqeedah, the truly foolish one is the kafir or the Muslim with the false aqeedah. And what is the proof of this? The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, again concerning Ibrahim, وَمَنْ يَرْغَبُ عَمْ مِلَّةِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ What's the ayah again? وَمَنْ يَرْغَبُ عَمْ مِلَّةِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ إِلَّا مَنْ سَفِهَ نَفْسَهِ None! goes against the way the religion of Ibrahim except for the one who fools himself a foolish person a foolish person so therefore when we look at people with their PhD and above a PhD if their aqidah concerning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is false, is corrupted in reality they're what? from the foolish ones 
Because today, you have people PhDs and masters and degrees that when the rain did not fall the other day in India and it fell, they believed it was because they brought two frogs together and they married each other. They married two frogs. These were like gods to them. And these are people, subhanAllah, that quote-unquote, they're not foolish and they're very educated. You have people today, quote-unquote, educated, intelligent, that if you were to say to them that Muhammad is Rasulullah, Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah, they say, subhanAllah, Nabiyu min al-ins ghayru mumkin. That a prophet from human, not possible. Walakin ilahu min baqara mumkin. But a God who is a cow, that is possible. Who is the foolish one? Likewise, a Muslim that's corrupted is an aqidah. This is safahun. This is foolishness. So the sufaha are those who are corrupted in terms of their behavior, in terms of their statements, and in terms of their aqidah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, sufaha. That the foolish one will say, What made them change the qibla, the direction they were upon? And this reason that I was revealed is that when the Prophet ﷺ got to Medina, the Prophet ﷺ for 16 or 19 months, he used to face Baytul Maqdis. This was the Qibla of Salah, Baytul Al-Maqdis. The Prophet ﷺ used to pray in that direction. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changed it from Baytul Maqdis to the Kaaba, the Sufaha, they said, what made them change the Qibla? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refused by saying, Verily to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs the east and the west. That he guides whoever wills to the straight path. And then he went to say Uthameen rahimullah ta'ala from those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guided to the straight path is this ummah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided them to the straight path by making them going back to the what? A qibla al-asliya, the original qibla. And the original qibla is what? The Kaaba. So Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, Inna al-Ka'bata kanat qiblat al-anbiya. That the Kaaba was the qibla of the anbiya, of the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the people of the book, they changed it, or their followers, or the people of the book, they changed it towards Baytul Maqdis. Towards Baytul Maqdis. Jeeid? So the Prophet when he got to Medina, he found the people of the book. He followed or did whatever they did, so long as Allah has not ordered them to do what? Do the opposite. So whatever he found them upon, because of the people of the book, he followed it, if he didn't find the what? The opposite. Later on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then ordered the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that asal, anything they do religiously is to go in the opposite direction. But initially, whatever they did, being people of the book, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will follow the exact thing if it's not been ordered to follow the, the opposite. Tayyib. As for this ayah, we'll end with this. The hikam, the benefits from this ayah. Sayaqulu sufaha. The first benefit, Sayaqulu sufaha. That the foolish one will soon say. Will soon say. What's the first benefit we get from this ayah? Because it says, seeing here is istiqbal or mustaqbal, the future. What's the first benefit from this ayah? That Allah said, they will soon say. What's the first benefit? If I say, look, a man is soon going to say A, B, C, D. Can I say that? No, I can't. Why can't I say that? Barakallah I don't know the future. 
So the first benefit from this ayah, ilmullah, the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ilmullah ta'ala bima sayakun, concerning that which is going to occur. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is a very important point to aqeedah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows or is aware or knowledgeable bi kulli shay'in of everything. Wa anna ilmahu subhanahu wa ta'ala bil ashya'a. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge encompasses everything jumlatan wa tafsilan. In its general sense and in what? And in details. General sense and in details. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَعِنْدَهُ مَفَاتِحُ الْغَيْبِ لَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا هُوَ That with Allah ta'ala are the keys of the unseen. No one no, no knows the unseen but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ He knows everything on the land and in the sea. This is in what? In his general sense. Now, in his detailed sense, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا تَسْقُطُ مِنْ وَرَقَةٍ إِلَّا يَعْلَمُهَا There's not a leaf that drops down in any part of the world from, world, from any tree except Allah ta'ala, he knows it. وَلَا حَبَّةٍ Forget a leaf which you all see. وَلَا حَبَّةٍ فِي ظُلُمَاتِ الْأَرْضِ and not a single seed in the darkest part of the earth, except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it. Wala ratbin, not a dry, wala yabisin, a dry thing, except Allah ta'ala. Illa fi kitab, except it's written recorded with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So from this ayah, ilmullah subhanahu wa ta'ala bima sayakun. And ilmullah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for those who are making notes, write this down. Like brother Irfan gave me the definition in Arabic today. Most of these issues of aqidah or issues of deen try to memorize them in Arabic. They say, Ilmullah subhanahu wa ta'ala azaliyun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge is azaliyun. Write that down. Allah's knowledge is what? Azaliyun abadi. I know most of you know what abadi means. Azaliyun a qadimun. Allah's knowledge is azali, is old. Jayid? Wa'ilmuhu abadi. Allah's knowledge is for what? Ever. So, azali qadimun, abadi forever. This is very, very important. Once you understand this, you understand al-qadar wal-qada. You understand that which Allah Ta'ala is decreed for you in aqeedah and what Allah Ta'ala is predestined. Because one of the martaba of it is ilm, is knowledge. One of the levels of it is knowledge. That when you say ilmullahi azali, Allah's knowledge is old, what does that mean? Ya'lamullah, Allah knows ma kan. He knows everything that was. وَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ And that which never ever occurred. And even if it had occurred, how it would occur? Subhanallah. It never occurred. That which never occurred. That which occurred. And even if it happened, how it would be? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ilm is abadi forever. لَا يَلْحَقُهُ النِّسْيَانِ It's not met by what? Forgetfulness. That Allah ta'ala, He knows مَا سَيَكُونَ Every single thing that will come to pass. And every single thing that will never, ever, ever come to pass. And even if it was to come to pass, exactly how it will come to pass. Jayid? So, this is the first benefit from this ayah. Number two, nobody goes against the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except for the one who is what? Safihan, except for the fool. جيد وذلك أن السفيه لا يعرف الحكمة because the one who's foolish he doesn't know حكمة wisdom so none 
goes against the sunnah except for a person who is what? Safiyun. Because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the Quran, Al-Kitab wal-Hikmah, the book and the hikmah, the ulama of tafsir, they said the hikmah refers to what? The sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So none, you will say to him, the Prophet was ordered with this, forbid this. It will say to you, where is this in the Quran? Except for the person who's what? Safihun. So there's none more wiser than the one who's upon the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Number three, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to face the Baytul Maqdis before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to face Al-Ka'bah. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to agree with Ahlul Kitab in that which they did except if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to do the opposite. Number four, umumul mulki Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the vastness and the generality of the kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قُلِّ الْمَشْرِقُ وَالْمَغْرِبُ Verily to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs the east and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs the west. And lastly, from the ayah, يَهْدِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ إِلَى سِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ I leave this up to you. Allah Ta'ala, He guides whatever He wills to the Sirat Al-Mustaqeem. What benefit do we take from this ayah? Ya Aba Abdurrahman. Allah guides whatever He wills ila Sirat Al-Mustaqeem. He guides whatever He wills to the straight path. This is the last fa'idah, the less benefits. I leave this one to you. So the first benefit, Allah's knowledge. Yes? So, sayaqulu, because knowledge of the future. Sufaha minal nas. Ma wallahum. From the Qibla they were upon, meaning the Qibla was different. Second benefit. And what was the third benefit, Ya Luqman? The umum, the vastness of the mulk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last benefit here, What's the benefit from this, Ya Abu Hanifa? Barakallah You mentioned a key word there, which is in terms of submission. And that point is, when you look in the eye from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and related to the seer of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when you look at ayah, because this ayah comprises of many things, just one ayah, sayaqul, okay, this is future, knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sufaha, second benefit, whatever goes against the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is safi. One by one, minan nasi, ma wallahum, okay, subhanallah, what made them turn from the qibla? The qibla used to be another direction. Latikanu alayha, qulillahi mashriq al maghrib, Allah's mulk is what is vast. Yahdi, now we come to this. Yahdi, he guides whatever he wills. So, like Abu Abdullah mentioned, Al Hidayah, the fifth benefit, guidance into the hands of who? In the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Despite what the obstacles may be. And why he mentioned submission is, even if there's no obstacle is being made clear, Allah is the only one that guides. Jayid? So, the fifth benefit is the Hidayah bi Yadillah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala and the I be what? Man whatever it wills. So the hidayah, the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this point will end with Bidillah ta'ala, very important. Allah ta'ala said, Yahdi man yasha. Allah guides whatever He wills. The hidayah, the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to those people read about in the seerah, is under the what? The Mashi'ah, the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this Mashi'ah, this will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is it coupled with the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Definitely, 100%. There's nothing Allah Ta'ala legislates in the Sharia, and this is a very important point, nothing 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislates in the Sharia, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decreed in the creation, except it's tied to what? To hikmah, wisdom. Whether we know it, the wisdom of it, whether we don't know it, everything is what? Bi hikmah, with the wisdom. So Hidayatullah, Allah Ta'ala guiding a person is under the what? The Mashi'ah, the will of Allah. But the will of Allah is tied in what? The wisdom of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And what is the proof of this? The saying of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in the Quran where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, Inna hazihi tathkira. That verily, this is a reminder. In Surah Al-Insan, فَمَنْ شَاءَ اتَّخَذَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِ سَبِيلًا Whoever wills him take a path towards his Lord. وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ They could not have the will to do so, except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills it. إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلِيمًا حَكِيمًا That the hidayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, walhamdulillah, that guided us here to be upon this deen, بِحِكْمًا is with wisdom. So al-hidayah is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so no one would think there's a contradiction. Allah ta'ala said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we studied this before. That the Prophet you'd guide to the straight path. Jayyid. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, You cannot guide who you will. Is there a contradiction between these two? We studied this before, right? The only way you know there's no contradiction, Abu Hanifa, because he said there's no contradiction. Definitely, the Book of Allah doesn't contradict itself. But for us to understand, how it doesn't contradict itself, we have to understand the two types of guidance. What are the two types of guidance here, Abu Hanifa? Hidayah. What are the two types of Hidayah? Barakallahu fi. So, Al-Hidayah no'an, for those taking notes, Hidayah is of two types. There's Hidayah to Dalala wal Bayan. Hidayah of proof and evidences. And there's Hidayah to Tawfiq. Hidayah of guidance. That's only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, when Allah ta'ala said to the Prophet, Wa innaka la tahdi, you guide. Or you do hidayah, it means you bring the proof and evidences and clarification. You cannot guide wherever you will. That's only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jayid? So these are two types of what? Al-hidayah. So the kuffar Quraysh that the Prophet sallallahu was sent to, did they receive hidayah? Yes, they did. In the sense of proof, evidences, clarification. Every single person. As Allah Ta'ala says, Allah has given every single human being hidayah, the proof and evidence to the path of what? Of thankfulness, gratefulness, iman, and the path of ungratefulness. So this hidayah to dalala. Jayid, and when you read the surah, how things became so clear to them. For example, hidayah of what he came with. Hidayah of the miracles of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. As Allah subhanahu wa qamar, That the moon split right before their eyes. And yet they didn't believe. They did not believe. So hidayatu ad-dalala wa hidayatu tawfiq And this is what we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. When we pray in the salah, we say, ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem. And this is what we studied before. When we ask Allah to guide us to the straight path. In this ayah, what type of hidayah we asking for? Ya Mus'ab. What hidayah we asking for? When we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, اِهْدِينَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Give us the hidayah, the path to the sirat al-mustaqim. What hidayah we asking for? Who said both? 
Jazakallah khairan, na'am, both. Moses will say tawfiq, the hidayah of guidance. The hidayah no, of both. proof and evidences because you don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in ignorance. And even if you have the knowledge, only Allah Ta'ala could give you the guidance to follow that knowledge. So anytime we say, Ihdina, make clear to us, show us, and also guide us. So the one who says this every day, Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqim, guide me to the straight path, or guide us. And yet, he doesn't seek or go down the path of knowledge. This is wishful thinking. Absolute wishful thinking. The one who says every day, and even that salah in itself, the arkan, the shurut of the salah, he has no idea of it. This is wishful thinking. So this shows ahmiyatul ilm. And also, you just don't rely on your knowledge. You understand that that ability to follow is from what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Allah is the only one, last benefit that guides wherever he wills to Sirat Mustaqim and that will of Allah is tied with Hikmah and what is a Sirat? A Sirat is a Tariq Al-Wasi' a vast wide path wide path and this shows the comprehensive nature of the Deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Al-Asl fil Ashiyah the root of all things is Halal so whatever your culture may be whatever your background may be the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accommodates so much and so many people. So the tariq is wasi', is vast. And that's why in things that are haram, Allah ta'ala fassala lakum. It specifically told you. Why? Because that which is halal and permissible in terms of how you dress, the hats you wear, is vast. So it encompasses everybody. And mustaqim is a part which is what? Mu'tadil. Most people say straight. Straight is like this. La, mu'tadil, a balanced path. Not too elevated. Not too down, not too much to the left or right. Mu'tadil, the balanced path. Yahdi man yasha ila sirat-u mustaqeem. Next week, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, we'll go completely back to the seerah rather than the seerah, as the tafsir, and look at the reaction of Ahlul Kitab, the munafiqeen, and the believers. So there are three stances. The stance of the munafiqeen, when the qibla chain. The stance of the Ahlul Kitab, and the stance of the believers. And this lesson is very important that this issue was a major issue for the Sahaba And likewise, you as believers in our time today, people bring things of tashkik, that what should your stance be when they bring issues or doubts to you? Because we live in a time now of doubts. We live in a time now where people study the deen, like the Orientalists, to attack the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You as a normal Muslim, what should your stance be when it comes to these things? Inshallah, next week we'll go back to the seerah and look at the change of the qibla. Any questions, inshallah?